Grace to you and peace from God our Father and the newborn King, Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. Well, what do you do after Christmas? But first, you've got to get to Christmas, don't you? For Joseph and Mary, greatly pregnant, it meant a long 40-some-odd-mile journey from their home north in Nazareth to south in Bethlehem, walking, riding on a donkey, long trip, and she is fully pregnant. Why Bethlehem? <laughs> to register for the census at the command of Emperor Caesar Augustus, who ruled over the, un the known civilized world. Everyone would return to their ancestral home. And Bethlehem was Joseph's family's hometown. And so Mary's child is born here in a barn, perhaps in a cave. Primitive conditions surrounded by farm animals and some lowly shepherds. And then Luke, Luke in his gospel takes us to Jerusalem, the capital city, to the temple where the child Jesus will be presented for circumcision, usually on the eighth day after birth, which would mark the child Jesus as a true Israelite, as one of God's chosen people. And there we meet two elderly people, Simeon and Anna, waiting patiently, devotedly for the promised Messiah. And they believe, they believe that this child is the one they've been waiting for. And now, having seen the Christ child, Simeon is ready to die in peace. So in the midst of joy at the birth of Jesus, Simeon speaks words that chill the soul, push us out into the harsh light of everyday world. And he says, this child is destined for the falling and rising of many in Israel, to be a sign that will be spoken against and a sword will pierce your own soul also. And that really is a shot of cold air, like walking out of a warm house into a frigid, snowy night. It's cold out there in the world. Christmas was over for Mary and Joseph. Jesus is still an infant, still in the kitschy coo is an acute stage, but the focus is already on the future. Simeon and Anna help us to understand the real, the deep meaning of Christmas. Christmas is not the birth of some all-powerful superhero who will make the whole world right in an instant. Christmas gives us hope because the Spirit of Christ, this child of Bethlehem, can touch 
our hearts and can let us know that we are, are indeed children of God, all of us. There was a story on TV a few years ago about a nurse, a single mother of three small children who was scrambling to work and to take care of those kids. She was sad and depressed at Christmas time, felt very much alone. On Christmas Eve, on her way home from, from work, she passed an old, modest church, heard Christmas carols being sung, stopped, and went in. It happened to be a Sunday school children's pageant, complete with shepherds in bathrobes, angels with, tin, with uh, halos made out of tinsel, and sheep with fuzzy ears. You know the scenario. And she noticed that the, that the baby in Mary's arms was not a doll, but a real baby who got fussier and fussier as the service progressed. And this young Mary couldn't settle that child down no matter what she did. And so a woman, undoubtedly the real mother, left her pew, took the baby from Mary, but still couldn't settle her down. And finally, she took the baby out of the service. And many of us know the frustration when you just can't comfort a baby. But something changed for this nurse. With a smile, a light came into her eyes and she sat up straighter. And to herself, she marveled, it was a real baby. And Jesus was a real baby. He cried, fussed, messed, caused his mother real grief. Somehow God cares about life, cares about my, even my tired life, all of life, because Jesus was a real baby. And that's right. That's right. The woman left the church, walked out into the cold streets, a different woman, transformed by a new insight into Christmas and into life itself. And she went back to her own life, caring for her children, supporting them and, and herself with new hope and courage and faith because Jesus was a real baby in a real world. In the midst of a cold world. Underscored by the recent events of a pandemic, thousands of deaths, a tense election and follow-up, racial tensions. In the midst of this cold world. Jesus was born 
in a manger. But it wasn't all peaches and cream. Born in a manger, he will hang on a cross. Born in a warm stable, he will die on a dark hill and be placed in a cold tomb. And that's according to God's plan, not just a miscarriage of justice. It's cold out there in the world, in our world, as Simeon and Anna remind us. But that's exactly where Christ lives with us. Out in the world of sin, suffering, and yes, death. Transforming our lives with his grace and love, forgiveness, and hope. He gives us each other for comfort and support and encouragement to share our burdens and our joys. So we never, never have to feel alone because Jesus was a real baby as the nurse discovered. God gives us the gift of baptism, a visual symbol of his love incorporating us into his family as his children. He gives us the bread and wine of his supper for strength for our journey, no matter what may come. He gives us hope for the world, for a world of peace and justice, hope that just won't quit. And now, and now we carry the spirit of Christ, the spirit of Christmas, out of our warm homes and out of our warm church into a world that is often cold, sometimes incredibly cruel, out there with our own children and God's other children whom we meet along the way. It's cold out there. But now that the Christ child has come into our world, Jesus, who is our Savior and our Lord, he can keep us all warm with his love all the way to eternity. That's what we do after Christmas. And he invites us to share a great good news for all people in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Amen.